Today we face the monsters that are at our door and bring the fight to them. Today we are canceling the apocalypse. This idea of material abundance and material possibility. Um, because... Yes, yeah, that's that's a that's a really good segue. Um, it is. Can you can you do the actual segue though? Because you're very good at them. I mean, no, you did it, and then I stepped on it by saying what a segue it was. No, 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 not at all. Also, this text was you introduced me to this text, so I think I think it's worth that you um you sh you should be the one to introduce it to to our audience. Okay, so the segue is into a text, a piece of content. Um, now, both of these, interestingly, were designed for the internet, but also for extremely different audiences. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is, I want to say, a piece of writing. There's definitely a lot of writing involved. Yeah. Um, it's a story, uh, but the story is told to you through different format. Um, there's images, there's uh, video, um, there's essentially what looks like a chat log. And there's probably some people in the audience who are like panicking and no, it's not Homestuck because I. <laughs> although, although by saying no, it's not Homestuck, you have already revealed yourself to be a person who's read Homestuck. I think, I think I, I don't, I don't make any bones about that. I definitely read Homestuck. I read it twice. I enjoyed it. Um, and I've moved on with my life. And, you know, if you don't want to do that, fine. I can't make you. Um, now, what it is is uh, 1777-6, which is by John Boys, um, who is a sports writer, but also like a really creative, um, interesting writer. He makes a bunch of weird stuff that isn't just sports journalism. He um, makes short video essays about sports, but also about like, you know, TV and media and events that he finds really interesting. It's called uh, Pretty Good. Which I highly recommend, but uh, 1776 is a fictional uh, piece called What Football uh, Will Be Like in the Future. And the idea is that um, in the far distant future, 10, in, the year, in the year 17,776, uh, football will still exist, and it will still exist because of all of these interesting things that it's like this sci-fi setup at uh, at some point in our near future uh, uh micro micro bots um have solved aging and disease um and death so the the, the human population of earth is static no people are born no people age no people die no people get sick so the static population of Earth has experienced climate change, um, have sort of gotten over their, their, their various problems. Nations still exist, but we don't really hear anything about wars. What we hear about is well, We hear yeah. about games. And this is what human humanity does in this utopian setting, in the setting of, of surplus and of pleasure where work is no longer necessary. They play. Um, which is incredibly beautiful as an idea, but also existentially horrifying. It, 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 yeah, and the story really focuses on the ways in which it is both beautiful and existentially horrifying, um, because it's narrated by a number of deep space probes, uh, which, yeah. you know... Gaining sentience, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which are gaining sentience, because, like, you know, it's been 17,000... Well, no, it's been, like, 15,000 years, 
and they're, they've, they've got bored of not being sentient and they're becoming sentient and the, the, the kind of audience stand-in, the character mm. who, who um, discovers this world along with us, is extremely upset for a large part of the story about like the fact that like they don't do anything like like they don't they don't really produce anything these people they don't age they don't die they don't need to eat they they're just there forever just just there playing football playing like increasingly elaborate complex and and mm. like bizarre versions of a game 15,000 years ago known as football yeah, that they that they have played with the rules of football, that they have extended the boundaries of the sport, um, that they they have um, you know, because football it's American football, it's gridiron football. Yeah. It's already something that has developed over the century or whatever it's existed. You know, the rules have changed, so it's just taking that to its logical extreme totally. of the rules keep changing. And if you have a sport. If you have you have this context in which people can't die, then the sport gets even wilder. Um, you know, so it's like, oh, the, this, this requires uh, you to dive very deep under the ocean, which is much higher than it was because of climate change. And so there's just like offhand references to you know, New York is gone, Florida is gone. You know, um, it's that there's this there's these extreme weather events reference that are just kind of like a, a, a bother. Because yeah. you know, no one actually dies. Um, yeah, and the and and the, other, <clears throat> the other probes like love this because you know they've they've been they've been aware of it for much longer than than our audience mm. stand in, um, which is Pioneer Nine, isn't it? The the one that wakes up. I can't remember. Might be Pioneer Nine. Um, yeah, the, the, the other the other probes love it, and they they essentially have become the ultimate spectators of the sport because they, from their position far away from the earth, they can like watch every game of football that's happening at all like all the time mm, mm. and yeah, the, the simultaneity and the distance and the um you know this is this is the way we can watch sports now and in fact under under covid the only way we can watch sports we that we have essentially ticker tape of of all of the different sports events going on around the world i can open three different windows on my on my screen and watch three different simultaneous sports. Um, and, you know, this was, this piece was written, uh, you know, two, three years ago now. And yeah. John Boys couldn't have predicted COVID, but he did as a sports journalist know what it was like to be simultaneously engaging with, you know, three different, you know, games of the same sport happening. I, I was interested particularly in so you know um throughout throughout the course I think in each chapter they the the probes kind of zoom in uh, along with us on a, a particular game that's happening um and I'm there's one that really stand well there's two that really stand out to me which uh, one of which is basically the the game is someone there's a really big like rail gun um Somewhere <laughs> in like the mountains in Canada, I think, or like the mountains just to the north of America, of the USA. Yeah. I can't remember somewhere there or in Alaska. It might be Alaska actually. It's a really, really tall mountain, um, and there's a railgun on that mountain. And every so often, someone essentially gets like a ticket to travel to that mountain, 
put put a couple of football put a football into the railgun and then launch it somewhere on the American continent. Um, and the players, and someone finds and, it, yeah, and some and someone finds it, and like so, like there are like hundreds of players in this game, each of whom <laughs> kind of own their like control their their piece of like a few hundred miles or whatever of land, and there are these people who like monitor where the football is going to land, and then there's this mad rush if it's like landing on between a couple of different sort of areas to who can get get to it first. Um, and the other story is a man is is hiding in a cave at the very very um end zone of their um of, of of their field and like you know obviously the fields in this in this story are like some of them are like hundreds and hundreds of miles long some of them stretch across the entire continent you know um so he's just like hiding in this cave and he's been hiding in this cave for 10,000 years um <laughs> and because you know essentially he's found some sort of obscure law that i think that like the rule in the game that if if you can hide if 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 you have possession of the ball for like 12,000 years or something you win the game um and both of these are really interesting to me because they're both about people um being in very like kind of isolated mm. landscapes by themselves for Tens and tens of thousands of years. I think the way that the the railgun one works is that um, you you have to just keep shooting balls. Yeah, someone has to actually catch it. This is the thing. Someone has to physically catch it in their someone hands. Has yeah, to physically catch this ball, which is traveling at like thousands of miles an hour, hundreds of miles an hour, um, to somewhere in America. And until someone caught it, you you essentially just keep shooting balls off into into America. Um, and so it's this kind of these weird, like, exiles that these people willingly choose to go on so that they mm. can participate in these extremely strange games. And they're interesting because they kind of work against the idea of play as communal. Mm. Um, but at the same time... Because what becomes communal is the consumption of the game. The yeah, matches. exactly. You yeah. have... You have reference both to like our our space probes watching the games together. Um, there's at least one that's like a a, a podcast or a, or a video series. It's two different things. One is a podcast and one is a video series of people whose whose hobby is watching and and discussing the games. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are basically like like the evolution of of sports journalists in this far future world is basically just like. Mm people who yeah there's one there's one i think it's it's really really good he uh it's a combination of like um tornado watchers you know like tornado hunters and people who like drive around america in in pickups mm. uh chasing tornadoes um and um sports journalists because they happen you we zoom in on them as they are um following one of the uh, players of this game as she runs into a tornado uh, yeah. to to prevent herself from being like um tagged i don't actually know how how sports works um but I yeah it's and i just and then you know like like when when the probes like chat to this uh, to this um guy hiding in the cave he's like just please don't tell anyone that i'm here because i'm so close to winning this game and so in a way he's still like part of this communal experience He's still part mm. of this game. I don't think he's even necessarily sure that anyone is... I don't think anyone is even playing that specific game anymore. But it hasn't theoretically finished. Mm. 
um, I just yeah, I find it I find it interesting in the way that it's it presents this image of humanity as extremely dispersed, extremely kind of rarefied, but also still so interested in doing things together. Because mm. you know, because they're not really in communities. Like yeah, like as you said, like you know, nations exist. A lot of the game, I think, most the entire yeah, the, the whole game is set. The whole story, sorry, is, is set in America, in the U.S. But or in space, but or in space or in space. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not really like the U.S. really doesn't feel relevant in any way to the game, and and it doesn't feel like the game is. It's it's not one of those stories where you know there could be politics in it. But the author has chosen to just sort of completely distance themselves from the political to to tell a story that they want to tell. Like this, this, this sort of like this world feels like there have been politics, there have been disasters, there's been there's been crisis, there's been terrible things, and we are now over all of that. Yeah, we're beyond it, and all we have is surplus. This is why this is why the argument that it is pastoral, because part of the appeal of the pastoralism is an escape from pressure and it's 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 the idea of you being alone with nature um and this is yeah. what this is, this is what you know 1777 offers that this idea that you can even in you know this far future still be alone in in nature whether you're in a cave or you're in the alaskan wilderness with your football railgun um <laughs> <laughs> there's the title of the episode alone in the alaskan wilderness with your football railgun i'm writing it down <laughs> I'm writing it down. Um, yeah, that that you you have that peace. Um, that after after the disaster, there will be peace. You know that Li Zichi went to the the Sichuan Hills after attempting a life in the city in an office. Um, now has peace and and a bunch of puppies and her grandmother and fancy ice cream that she's made by hand. Is that is that the origin? Is that is that Lizzie Chi's origin story that she was mm-hmm. ah. went to the city? She tried to she tried out the city life and hated it. Ah, so she's All just failed. Like us. She's just like yeah. us, right? She, she, she's just like us in our like six to a six to a flat eating bland noodles bedsit. Exactly, and that's why she knows what the dream is so well, and that's why she's. Captured it and, uh, you know, I guess monetizes it on YouTube, I assume. I don't, I have an ad block, so I, I guess there's ads on it. Oh, that was the thing I wanted to talk about, merchandising. What I find really ah, interesting about yeah. both Young Boys in 1777 and Easy Chi is that do not have merchandise, right? So the way that yeah. they, like, 1777 doesn't make money no. for John Boys. It was just like a piece of art that he put out. His YouTube videos, I assume, as well, make money. And Lizzie Chi does not sell her stuff that she makes uh, to us. Like, she she might take things that she's made for a market. We don't see that content. We don't see that involvement. Because I assume that would take way too many, like, releases signed of people get not, not, wanting, their, not wanting to be filmed or whatever. Um, but also, like, even, I guess, more more to the point, it's it 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 presents a kind of beyond capitalist post-capitalist kind of world right like exactly exactly. yeah yeah that's it and i think i think that's that's part of the appeal is that it's the relief of not being sold something you're being sold a dream you're being sold a fantasy 
that doesn't actually require any financial input. It only requires an investment of time. And I think that's why I wanted to bring this up with you now, Cabo. We make a promise that we will never, ever sell uh, Canceling the Apocalypse merchandise. We're not going to sell Canceling the Apocalypse t-shirts, sweatbands, uh, hats. journals, hats. Actually, I was about to t- I was about to talk about hats. Yeah, no, we we I, I look stubby you know holders. What? We're still we're still waiting for a sponsor to to contact us. I know we did have that sponsor. Yeah, yeah, we had that sponsor. And they did like, contact hey, us, hey, and hey, we yeah. did nothing about it. Yeah, we absolutely we we gave up a chance to become multi-millionaires. I want to I want us to like imagine like shake internet hands on this. We will never monetize this podcast. We will never monetize this podcast. And that's even, that's a choice. We, that's even not if we have the possibility. No, actually, no. You're right. It is a choice. It is genuinely a choice. Like we do have yeah. the opportunity to monetize this podcast. You'd, I'm sure uh, one of our six sense. listeners would want to buy a hat. I'm sure one of our six listeners would want to buy a stubby holder. Look, okay, um, listen, listeners, I'm talking to you directly now. If you want to buy a hat, make a hat. I don't know. Find an old hat. Write Counseling the Apocalypse on it. <laughs> you look great. You <laughs> look so good. Send us a photo. <laughs> That's an excellent hat. Um, like, but this, I was... isn't, this, isn't, this isn't talking down to people who do have merchandise for their stuff. Like, I feel like this is my relationship to women who wear makeup, right? Mm. I don't want to do it. But if you're doing it, I'm like, fuck yeah, own it, delightful. And if I see a person or who's not monetizing their podcast and they're not wearing makeup, I'm like, hell yeah, own it, delightful. So this is the same thing, right? And like, if you if you're doing it, if you're doing it, like, great. But I, um, you know, I I just I have I can't I can't put more physical objects into the world. I can't do it. I I I once made some T-shirts when I was doing stand-up comedy, and I was like. Uh, this is a good joke. It's, a, it's 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 just my comedy show, so I'll make a small run. I made twelve shirts. I sold three of them. <sighs> yeah, the fact that you're saying that it's a choice is really, I think, vital to this because there are there are ways in which I think capitalism makes it look as if capitalism is not a choice, and mm. and then there are you know, and so saying in and of itself, we're choosing not to do this is kind of saying oh on which note like vale david graber that was horrible news to suddenly oh that was so sad yeah um yeah it's been a it's been a i mean it's been a bad year for uh people being alive but uh it's been it's been a bad it's been a bad september as well i guess like occasionally i have these dreams of self-sufficiency um you know and like living off grid with a solar panel and same same yeah yeah um and there are dreams that uh youtube channels like lizzie chi um definitely like i guess support you in dreaming um and mm-hmm. i think there are these are dreams that uh i almost said video games video games slash content slash texts like 177076 also support you in imagining this kind of extremely simple world where where because in many ways 177076 is is a very minimal world, you know? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of richness to it. Um there's like, you know, each game is is different in its own way and you know, some games have sort of spiraled out of very very, you know, they've been they have actually been going for 15,000 years while other games are um just like appear for for a brief moment and there's this kind of incredible cultural richness. But at the same time, all of the cultural richness is to do with American fo- gridiron football, um, yeah. and and the varieties of it. And uh, you know, we don't 
and and uh, there's a great sort of deal of people like wandering around the landscape interviewing famous sports people or like uh, you know following up on these very specific passion projects like people are not busy they're mm, mm. occupied because they have a drive and a lot of the i guess the moral if you want to call it that of 7076 is is that even in the post-scarcity future where we will not need to do anything to survive we will survive and we will keep being human which is what this uh standard audience narrator realizes in the end we will keep being exactly as human as we ever were by virtue of having these kinds of drives but we don't have to be busy and like preoccupied into these kind of woven into these systems like capitalism to do that and mm. i guess that's also what lizzie chi um shows you you know in a bizarre way and that's kind of what kind of i guess suggests to me that in some ways that that you can't just reductively say oh well you know that's just like pure propaganda by the by the chinese state because as you said the chinese state is not interested in if you want like if you want chinese state propaganda then and stuff as in once again not actual chinese state propaganda but the um the movie recently made by um the bad mulan the mulan that was bad what's what what's that mulan the, the no, bad mulan it, no well i mean the bad mulan is bad in its own way no i was thinking of um is, is it ken liu the um science fiction writer oh, yeah yeah no um, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. Um, anyway, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it, it's like the biggest, I think, Chinese um, studio movie ever made, and it's, it's this big sort of science fiction epic about um, people having to like steer Earth into a new orbit by attaching these huge thrusters to it, and like almost falling into Jupiter and stuff. It's all very dramatic, but you know, but that is definitely the kind of like high tech fantasy mm. that I think mm. is, is like part of. Um, china's and like the chinese states sort of global output at the moment that Mm. china is this kind of like booming nation of extreme production and power and global power a nation so Mm. powerful you know it's it's exactly the same as the american dream uh, the american like like media dream for the last century you know a a nation of such power that we can physically steer the earth away exactly almost makes you wonder if there's um something about just the nature of empire that uh sort of is is contiguous like even though the the empires themselves are you know differently centered and come from different cultures that once you reach a certain massive power that you must create this narrative around yourself well totally i think well i mean i think there's something really interesting i think that nations hit upon or like states cultures hit upon when they realize that their power will forever be bounded by the earth you know <laughs> like, oh no oh no and then you get people like elon musk you know so let's colonize oh. mars oh no oh, i fucking hate him so it's much bad. it's really oh, bad yeah. it's really bad i'm really sorry but um lizzie chi is in a weird way kind of kind of and an antithesis of this it's all about mm. looking looking into a small patch of soil growing something from it it doesn't it doesn't matter a whit to me whether 
it's fake in some way or constructed in some way or mediatized and narrativized in some way. It is obviously, you know, edited, beautifully edited in all these ways, but it is not about buying things yeah. to make yourself... It's not, a, it's not about progress. Yeah, and that is, um, as far as Wikipedia tells me, the, the, the original point of the pastoral is it's a rejection of technological progress. Mm. You know, now when you reject something, you always fit some, you always put something else in there. And yeah. I think some of the options, I guess, that we've looked at are the delicate China figurine of the shepherdess with her crook, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of like creation of this kind of like spectacular shepherd that, that, uh, it, it in no way can perform actual labor. Um, mm. And, but then there's also, you know, like play and, and the individual dream that I think. And, and the, 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 you know, the beautifully carved, um, handmade furniture and the the cute dog shaped oven that Lizzie Chi made by hand in one episode and now still bakes bread in. There was, there's this, oh, I really love that. Um, it's so cute. I, uh, in this Terry Pratchett book, the Tiffany Aching one, um, a hatful of sky, um, all the way through the book, you know, she's, she's, um, it's such a good dang novel. Uh, she's pursued Mm. by this, by this thing called the Hiver, which is, uh, you know, it doesn't matter within Discworld what it is, but essentially it's realization within Tiffany Aching is that it possesses her and it makes her, um, greedy it makes her power hungry. It makes her like resentful of helping others of work. And Tiffany in this book is is like on the cusp of becoming a teenager. And so and so I can only see this. I think within like what Pratchett I think is trying to is trying to sort of suggest here is that like like you get choices when you mm-hmm. enter when you're on the cusp of like moving into society of how you want to be towards others. And the Hiver is one of those choices. Um, mm. And when the Hiver possesses Tiffany, she, you know, she goes into the magic shop and buys the most expensive hat she can find and the most expensive cloak she can find, um, and she steals this gold from this um, this old man uh, in the village who's been saving up this gold his entire life just so he can um, buy himself a funeral. You know, so he doesn't. So he 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 wants to know that when he dies, he won't be. A charity case you know he wants to, he wants to buy himself a and she steals his money from him and buys all this stuff and then um it's all in the end resolved you know by by magic and 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 goodness and so forth and and she learns things and and stuff and rejects the hiver and then at the end she visits um granny weatherwax in her little hut in the woods and um Tiffany's like, oh, you know, your your own hat, like, like it's such a, it seems like it's such a powerful hat to me. And and Gr- Granny's like, oh, is it? I mean, I just make them, I make them every year. Um, this is not like an old hat. And Tiffany's like, what? And she's like, yeah. And she just like points across to the outside of the hut, and she's there's like a half made hat there, um, on like a a, a hat making device. And uh, Granny Weatherwax's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you got you got to have a, a fresh hat every so often, and. That's the idea like, that you don't you don't just become an adult. You keep being an adult. You keep becoming an adult all the time. You keep becoming an adult all the time, and you keep making choices to either keep making pre- yourself. 
keep making yourself, keep either buying things or not buying things, keep either participating systems or not participating in systems. Um, you know, this is something I'm, I find myself extremely bad at sometimes. I, I love buying shit. I love it. It's such an easy way to make myself happy. Um, mm. You know? Um, but also, I guess I'm, I'm learning at the Mo that I also quite like building shit. I mean, I've known that. I've known that for a long time. Uh, I also enjoy building shit. And I, I, it's, it's about like making these choices, I think, every day about how to be more personal.